time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. All right. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. We're talking about belong here in this last talk. We're going to talk about belonging to a movement. Belonging to a movement. Say movement. And there's a whole lot of ideas that come to your head when you think about a movement. But I want to talk tonight, not just about desperation being a movement, but I want to talk about the movement of God that he wants to do in DSM. And how does God want to do a movement here? It's not just on Wednesday nights, although we want a movement on Wednesday nights and here at New Life Church. Undoubtedly, we want to see an evangelism movement, a prayer movement, a holiness movement, we want to see God do great things right here at DSM. But the way that we will see that is if you will take responsibility and if you will lead a Jesus movement. Put your hand on your heart. Repeat this after me. I will lead a movement. I will lead a prayer movement. I will lead a holiness movement. I will lead a movement at my school. All right, and that's the big idea that we're going to go after tonight. I was, uh, a couple years ago, I, had, I got to go to uh, lunch with a guy named Kevin Mawai. Do you know who Kevin Mawai is? Kevin Mawai played for the Seattle Seahawks. We ain't got any Seahawks fans. All right. He played for the New York Jets. Any, we got any Jets fans? Little T-Bell mania. How about Tennessee Titans? We got any Titan fans? Tennessee Titans? No? He was a four-year starter for LSU. We got any LSU Tiger fans? All right, I'm sorry. And uh, so he was, he was an all-pro. He, he actually went to the Pro Bowl in six consecutive seasons. So he was a Pro Bowler every single season um, from 1999 to 2004. And uh, phenomenal. So I went to lunch with him. We were about the same size. We sat at a table together. And, and, we, and, we just, and, 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 I, and I got to ask him questions. And I was just interested in the NFL world. I'm, you know, all of us is... You know, it's kind of a big deal in America, so I was asking him questions about the NFL. And then I, I asked him, I said, tell me, about, tell me about what it's like in terms of Christianity within the NFL. Like, what, 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 what's, the, what's, it, what's it like? What, when you look at um, how much Jesus is exalted in the NFL, how many people are Christians, what, what, what's it like? And I kept using the word in the NFL. And he looked back at me and he said... You can't generalize it and talk about what Jesus is doing in the NFL because it's so specific to each team. He said each team has an entirely different dynamic taking place in terms of the gospel going forth on the teams. He said it's entirely dependent on the spiritual leadership on each team. So one team that has maybe the Baltimore Ravens or the New York Jets, if there's a spiritual leader on the team, if there's someone on the team that's going after God with strength or maybe two or maybe three, then it impacts the entire team. He said it all comes down to leadership. If there's spiritual leaders on the team, then there's God doing something. He said it doesn't have anything to do with this city. It doesn't have anything to do with geography. 
You could go with the Dallas Cowboys or the New York Giants. It doesn't matter if it's the New England Patriots. It doesn't matter where it's at. It doesn't have anything to do with geography. He said it doesn't have anything to do with the chaplain. There's different chaplains on each team. Someone from the city that's maybe a pastor or something like that. And he said those are valuable. But he said the variable that creates the move of God on the team is strictly the level of spiritual leadership on the team. He said if there's a spiritual leader on the Denver Broncos, you'll see God do something in the Denver Broncos. He said if there's a spiritual leader in the Seattle Seahawks team, but without it, void of it, Nothing. It's not based upon region. It's not based upon the chaplain. It's not based upon any other variable other than this. The the person that's on the team, the spiritual leader that's on the team. Is there three of them? Is there 10 of them? Is there 15 of them? And he told me some different stories about some of the different things that God had done in terms of on different teams. This guy's a radical Christian, loves God. Pro bowler been playing in the NFL for years. And I began to think about that. That's the exact same dynamic of what we have here at DSM. We've got little movements going on on high school campuses tonight. It's just high schoolers in here tonight, not junior high. So I'm talking to high schools. I'm going to say high schools tonight because we have high schoolers here. And you, by virtue of showing up on a Wednesday night, Worshipping with Corey Asbury, leading you in worship, listening to the scriptures, hanging out with other believers. You're only 16, 17, 18 years old. You're young. You are a leader. Say, I'm a leader. You are a leader. And so you go to different high schools. Some of you go to Pine Creek. Some of you may go to Lewis Palmer. Some of you may go to Rampart. We've got different high schools that are represented. All right, Diego represents Rampart. We've got, different, we've got different high schools in the room tonight, but here's the thing. Sometimes when you come to a big group like this, you think, I'm coming with lots of other teenage Christians on a Wednesday night to a big church on the north end of town, and when we worship, then God's doing something here, and this is where it's at. This is, this is what I'm a part of, and that's the end of it. But this is not all of us coming together and throwing a party for our own sake. You, by virtue of saying yes to the finished work of Jesus on the cross, by virtue of coming here on a Wednesday night, connecting with other believers, you are a leader and you, just like an NFL player is trying to reach his team, just like a Tim Tebow is trying to bring the life of Jesus to the Jets, just like... Kevin Mawai was working diligently to try to see a move of God on the Tennessee Titans. You are an an ambassador of Jesus. You are a representative of Jesus on your high school campus. And so in this room tonight are spiritual leaders. And there will be moves of God in high school campuses this year. Not necessarily based upon what John's strategy is, what my strategy is. Not necessarily based upon all the series that we do here, although it's fun and we love it. And we like prayer men and we like retreats and we like all that stuff. But the moves of God, John and I can't go to your campuses. DLA can't go to your campuses. The movement of God will be based upon the level of spiritual leadership that you'll take on your campus. 
At the end of the day, when you stand before God for the high school years that you had, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, you are the one. It's you. It's you that gets to see if there's going to be a move of God on your campus. Are there other variables involved? Absolutely. God wants to use you. God wants to use others. I'm not putting this weight on you like, oh man, it all comes down to me. But I am telling you that obedience, your obedience to God, if you'll say yes, he wants to use you. You say, yeah, but I'm kind of puny and I'm kind of small and I'm not very smart. And Okay, he wants to use you. You say, well, I'm not very athletic and I'm not the vice president of drama club and I don't have much influence. I'm third string in the band and I just, I'm not that great of a leader. Okay, he wants to use you. You say, well, I'm not that cool. I don't have the cool friends. I don't hang out with the popular people. It's just kind of me and just me by myself at the cafeteria table. No one sits with me. Okay, he wants to use you. Here's the point. God wants to use every single one of us. Different measures, different ways, and you are responsible to be 100% obedient to everything that he calls you to do for your campus. And there will be campuses this year, just, you can just count on it, there will be campuses this year that some, there'll be moves of God. Someone in DSM is going lit, to get lit up for the kingdom, take spiritual responsibility for their campus... Have a fiery spirit and determined zeal to make an impact on their campus. And they will see a move of God. Some of you sitting in this room right now, your heart is starting to stir within you a little bit. Because deep down you're going, it's my junior year or it's my sophomore year or maybe my senior year. And this is the year. This is a year that I'm going to press for God to work. We will see God do awesome things in some campuses this year. My question is... Will it be yours? Will it be your campus? Will you be obedient to God and let God use you? Last year, one of the campuses we saw God do great things, TCA. Some young men and women said yes to God, going to go for fullness, going to go after everything that God wants to do. Not perfect. They're not perfect people, but they pressed. They took risks. And last year, there's a resume of God doing some things. And we saw God do some stuff through some kids that chose to be obedient. So, name your school. Will you lead on your campus? Just like Kevin Mawai spoke about NFL players leading their teams. The great need on our campuses are spiritual leaders. Say, I'm a leader. Listen, DSM, let me tell you what DSM is not. DSM is not a place where we gather together on Wednesday nights and John and I do a song and dance, try to keep you entertained and say, hey, Jesus is better than drugs. Hey, Jesus is better than alcohol. Hey, Jesus is better than premarital sex. Hey, try to keep your attention. That's not at all what's going on here. What's going on here is that we believe at the core God's raising up leaders 
that are here that are getting trained to go make a difference on their campuses. And the reason why you gather is not for John and I to try to keep your attention and, you know, your parents just drop you off so that they can get, you know, free teenage childcare for an hour and a half. But what we believe at our core is that God's raised, that you guys are world changers. And we're not doing it based upon just some kind of theoretical maybe. We've seen it. We've seen God use 17-year-olds to win many people to Christ, to lead prayer movements, to get a strategy on how to reach the kingdom. We've seen them feed the poor. We've watched it. It's not a theory. It's a testimony. It's happened before and it's going to happen again. Some of you tonight are going to step out and say, all right, where do I belong? It's not, I finally found where I belong. I finally found where I belong. I belong in a place that's comfortable, cute, and sweet, away from all the bad darkness. No, 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 no. Here's what it is. I finally found where I belong. I belong to God. I belong to a group of people that are committed to what I'm committed to, a family right here where we believe the same core values. And I believe I belong to a movement. I belong to God's activity, God doing something on the planet in Colorado Springs. And I'm a part of that movement. And that's, that's who we are. That's where we're going. So when we sing, Father, Father, I belong, that. It's more than just, hey, I found some friends and I get to, to be safe. Oh, I love friends and safety. That's good. And some of you just need friends and safety. And we want you to get friends and safety. But we don't want you to stay there. We want you to get a vision for what Jesus has for your life, where you actually take risks and you're willing to stand alone if need be. Both and. We're not going to stop with just safe, sweet youth group. I finally found where I belong. Right here, next to Diego. Right here, with Corey leading worship. Right here, with John screaming about farting and burping. That's where I belong. This is my family. This is where I belong. I finally found it. Okay, that's great. That lasts for three weeks max. Because where God's calling DSM is to take risks. It is to be willing to stand for your, who Jesus is on a campus of people that desperately need him. And you know what I'm, what I'm longing for? I'm longing for you to be standing on your campus with 75 other people in prayer, crying out to God, believing for your campus. You're the leader. It's not John. It's not David. It's not a DLA student. It's not a campus pastor. You're the leader. And you're singing the song, I finally found where I belong, as you escort 70 people into the kingdom of God. That's what we're believing for. That's what we've seen. That's what we know God can do. He's just looking for some people that are willing. He's looking for some young men and women that say, I'll do it. I'll take the risk. That's where I belong. Where I belong is a move of God on my campus. I am a movement. I'm a movement. Me and God, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. If you ask, anything you ask in my name, I want to give to you. Ask and receive, seek and find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Whoa. Jesus said, go into the world. I mean, he looks at these disciples. Going to all the world. And he said, you've been with me. And while you've been with me, we've been a little movement, right? I mean, we've seen thousands of people gather when I preach. We've seen the sick healed 
You've seen miracles. We've been a little movement here in, in Judea, next to the Sea of Galilee. It's been nice. And then he looks at him, and he gets right in their faces, and he goes, all right, it's your turn. You've been with the Jesus movement. Now you are the Jesus movement. I want you to go into all the world. And I want you to do what I've been doing. Make disciples. Go. Preach the gospel. Go. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've taught you. And now you, Peter, you're going to go lead a Jesus movement. Now you, Thomas. Now you, Matthew. Go lead a movement. It's the Jesus movement. I am the king of the nations. You get to be those that proclaim me to the world. Go lead a little movement. And 12 men, they didn't stick together, did they? They gathered together for three years, and then they scattered to reach the world. If you look at Acts chapter 8, everything about the early church, they gathered together, and then they scatter to go reach. We gather together on Wednesday nights, and then we scatter throughout the week to go reach. That's what we're about. We don't come together so we can just kind of lick each other's wounds. Are you okay? Are you okay? Man, I barely made it, man. No, no, no. Puke. No. No, we gather together. Some days, some weeks we have great weeks. Some weeks we have hard weeks. Look each other in the eyes. We call each other to pursue God with everything that we have. And we go back out. We lead little movements. The dream that God has for DSM this year is not one movement. It's 15 little, little movements going on all over the city. Led by 15 of you. Maybe 30. But you go, I got, I got, I got a vision. I'm going to reach my campus. They're going to know God this year. I love, I love, I have so many stories of kids that have done this. But I love the stories uh, I, I, the story of a 16-year-old girl. She just came from a broken family, broken home, no dad. But with resolution, she said, she was not popular. She said, I'm going to make sure that these kids know Jesus. And she began prayer meeting after prayer meeting. She created a city-wide event for high school students in her region, in her city. Hundreds of people came, youth pastors jumped on board, and a 16-year-old girl, a 16-year-old girl ended up seeing a whole small town start to see a move of God because a 16-year-old girl got a vision for what God wanted to do. I love the story of a 17-year-old kid. 17-year-old kid started wearing t-shirts, got a vision of God. I watched, I watched him go through the year and pray and cry out to God, lead prayer meetings at lunchtime by the end of the year, escort in 200 200, not exaggeration, 200 young people of his peers at his public high school. Zealot. Movement. There's a movement of God that needs to take place at Pine Creek High School. There's a movement of God that needs to take place at Palmer and at Lewis Palmer, Pine Creek. Movements of God. Discovery Canyon. But, the willing ones are right here. It's going to use you. And you've got to make the choice. You're going to do it? You're going to make the choice. You're going to be a movement? 
You going to follow Jesus? You going to lead? I can imagine when Jesus calls out Peter, James, and John, they're fishermen, or Matthew, a tax collector, and they're just, they're just doing their normal thing, right? Fishermen fish, tax collectors collect taxes, that's what they do, just easy rhythm, and this young rabbi from Galilee shows up and says, follow me. He turns out to be the one who does miracles, he turns out to be the one that ascends to heaven, he's the one that's seated on a throne, Can you imagine, can you imagine if they said, no man, I'm too busy. I got, I got too much to do. I mean, the scripture says that when we look at the apostles, you know, they end up, their names end up on the foundation stones of the eternal city. I mean, for the last 2000 years, we've been telling stories about what these, these men did with Jesus. They ended up leading the greatest movement that the world, that world history has ever known. Today, the number one most impacting thing in the world, the most impacting person in all of history has been Jesus Christ. Can you imagine if they just looked and said, that's all right, man. I got way too many Xbox games to play. I'm way too fascinated with my friends. I got better things to do. Imagine the regrets. Imagine the disappointment. Do you know that the scripture says in Ephesians 2 that, one, that we are seated with him in heavenly places? Do you know that, Re- that Revelation says that you're going to sit with him on his throne? To so those that overcome him, they will sit with him on his throne? You have a grid, a grid for what you've been invited to by following Jesus and giving all on your campuses this year. You have a grid for it. Can you imagine the insanity of Matthew saying, no, forget it. I'm just going to do what I always do. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to collect taxes. You go on your way, young rabbi. Friends, many of us miss moves of God because we just say to Jesus, I'm going to stay comfortable. Spend hours on the computer on Facebook. I live mostly consumed with my petty desires. When Jesus has offered you an invitation. To follow him. To reach part of the world. Your high school. Your campus. It's where you start. Acts 4.13 says, When they saw the courage, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. This summer... You've been with Jesus. How many of you were at the Desperation Conference? How many of you were in man time? Do we have any brave hearts in the room? All right. This summer, we had opportunity after opportunity to be with Jesus. And now, now is the great opportunity to demonstrate courage. Peter, John, they were men They'd been with Jesus. And the people go, holy smokes, man. Those guys, they're courageous. They've clearly, those unschooled ordinary men, they've clearly been with God. They've been with Jesus. Now, as we begin this new year, this is the moment. The evidence you've been with Jesus. What does it look like? It's that C word right there. Courage. Say courage. 
get, get your throat into it a little bit and say, courage. Get the person next to you and try to spit on them a little bit when you say it and say, courage. 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 I want to challenge you, friends. I'm believing God with you this year for a Rampart movement, for a Pine Creek movement. I'm believing God for a Lewis Palmer movement. I'm asking God for movements on high schools this year that you guys lead. How do I lead? How do I lead a movement, David? All right? Let's just do a couple practical things and we'll be done. Number one, think movement, not movies. Here's what I mean by that. Hollywood is telling you a story. And I watch it all the time. In fact, in the last few years, I've noticed it more and more. And especially as teen movies come out, there's a story that's being told to you. And the story that you're hearing here tonight is a different story than what you hear from Hollywood. The Hollywood story says teenagers in America live for popularity, live to be cool. And they're so needy, they're so broken, they're in such confusion because they're in puberty that they just need to be popular, they need people to think they're cool. They need, they're, they're, they're desperate for friends. They're desperate for some 17-year-old to tell another 17-year-old, you're so cool, you're so amazing. And so the Hollywood story is, is hey, that's what teenagers are desperate for. They want to be in the in crowd. Look good, be cool. Okay, contrast that to the story I'm telling you tonight, the Jesus story, the movement story. You're not fighting for your popularity. You have a bigger vision than your popularity. You're fighting for Jesus' popularity. The one who is the king of the nations, he does rule and reign, and you're saying, I want him to be popular. And the movies say, no, 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 fight for yourself to be popular at Pine Creek. You gotta be popular at Rampart. The story that we're talking about tonight is in contradiction to that. It's saying, no, humanism is not what we live for. It's not about worshiping human beings. We believe there's one God, and he's the creator of the heavens and the earth, and we're going to live for him and exalt him. That's an entirely different story than the story that the subculture says. And so, if you go to see a movement on your campus... You have to get deeply embedded what story do you believe. You're going to believe the Hollywood story? Fight to be popular? Or will you believe the Jesus story? That he is who he says he is. That he really does rule and reign. Second, in addition to popularity, another story that Hollywood says is, Hey, it's your teen years. Chill out. Party on. Party, man. Go to as many parties as possible. Yet, the Jesus story says, you're making decisions right now that will dictate the rest of your life. 
the choices that you make right now are so pivotal in terms of your walk with God, in terms of what you do believe to be moral, in terms of what your relationships look like with the opposite sex, in terms of education, what you're going to do, how you're going to be responsible. The Jesus story says, not waste these years, but invest in these years. Make these years your friend. The Hollywood story says, you're going to make these years fun. The Jesus story says, make these years excellent. Invest in them. Make them great. And you're going to have to fight the story. The Hollywood story is so prevalent. And I mean, not ju- I mean, television, movies, songs, all of it. Hollywood story says irresponsibility. Hey, you're in puberty. Enjoy these years. You're somewhere stuck between childhood and adult years. It's the lost years. Be irresponsible. Your brains aren't that developed anyway. Enjoy it. The Christian response says, no. Jesus, at age 12, was in the temple. 12. Much younger than you guys. Baffling. The high priests in conversation. Saying, I must be about my father's house. Throughout history, teenagers have made a measurable impact in the kingdom of God. And you're making decisions right now that will impact the rest of your life. The Jesus story that combats the Hollywood story is you choose responsibility right now. As you choose, all right, I want to invest these years in the kingdom. I want these years to grow closer to God. In these years, I want to grow closer to my family. In these years, I want to get around brothers and sisters that help me be better rather than worse. Even tonight, what's going on right here as you sit here, there are some of you that are talking And you are a bad influence on the person next to you. And there's some of you that are listening and making good choices. It happens all the time. There are some of you right now that you're making a choice tonight. If that person is the person that I'm going to choose to be around, or if that person is the person I'm going to choose to be around, or even the aura that you're putting off, you're making choices. If you make the choice, the who cares choice, or if you make the I care choice, I care. I care about the kingdom. I care about my family. I care about what Jesus wants to do on the planet. I care about reaching people that don't know. I, I care. And you're going to make a choice. So think movement, not movies. Secondly, real simple, love your campus. Love your school. Love it. Here's what I mean. I'm not talking about the building. Not like, oh, I love my campus building. I'm not saying you got to love your mascot, you know, like, take it in the beak, or how's it go? In the neck with the beak, whatever, something like that. In the neck with the beak, or something like that. I'm not saying about that you got to love your, I'm not talking about loving your mascot. I am talking about loving the people on your campus. It's really hard for you to reach your campus when you're too cool for school, literally. Like, I don't care. When you got this, forget this, man. I'm better than this attitude. You won't be able to make an impact on your school. But if you love these people and you love where you're at, you love these years, and and you love these people, you'll find yourself having influence. Everybody say influence. Listen, people with influence are leaders. When you love, you, nobody, nobody can resist 
It's hard to be mean to people that love you, right? If John McDonald, if, if he is a friend to me and he's kind to me and he forgives me and he helps me take care of my kids and he mows my yard for me, I'm giving him vision. No, if, when, when John does kind things for me, it's hard for me to go, forget you, John. I don't like you. No, any time that you feel loved, the way that the human heart was created is we tend to reciprocate love. We tend to love back. Listen, it's possible. But half the time we have this like, yeah, I kind of want to get out of here. I got my whole life ahead of me. No, 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 no. Don't get in that vein. Get in the vein. I got a few years here and I'm going to love these kids. I'm going to love these friends. You don't call them kids because they're your peers. I'm going to love these people. You watch, I promise you, you become the pastor. Whoever loves the most gets the most influence. If you will love them, they will follow you. You go, no, dude, I got to be a wide receiver. I got to be varsity for them to love me. Test it. Spend six months, I dare you. Spend six months loving people, demonstrating kindness. I'm not just saying be nice to them when they're mean to you. I'm saying aggressively. Finding ways to encourage with your words. Pray for them. Maybe you give gifts. Not weird like girls to guys. It'll get all awkward then. But you know what I'm saying? Like loving people, you watch. You'll develop influence. Love your school. Love them. If you will love them, you'll watch. You go, but David, I hate school. That's the problem. You can't hate the very environment you're trying to reach. I don't want a culture at DSM where we're like, school's lame, dog. I hate that. No, 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 no. School is our mission field. School is what we've got. And you can worship in the midst of it. Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas are in prison. How many of you feel most of the time? They're literally in a prison cell. And they're not like, yo, Silas. Dude, we're apostles, man. Hate this place. Can't wait to get out of here, man. Yo, Silas, wake up. You know what they're doing, Paul and Silas? They're worshiping in Acts 16 at midnight, declaring how great God is. And God goes, sweet, I like that. Earthquake, boom, you're free. Ali, Ali, all set free. I'll tell you this, you went out of your school... Just start worshiping. God might send an earthquake. Blow it up. You never know. I don't know. I'm just saying. Just saying. That'd be the day. That'd be sweet. I want to tell you this. If you will love these kids, if you will love them, they'll follow you. They'll be like, tell me what you got, man. Tell me. I'm interested in what you got. I want some, I, I, where do you, what is this thing you do on Wednesday nights? Who is this Jesus? What is this discipleship group you're a part of? Talk to me. Number three, lead your school. I mean, I, 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 most of the time when I talk to you, I talk mostly about leading um, in spiritual environments, but I want to challenge you, be the best at what God's called you to. If you're in drama club, be the best in drama club. If you're like French club secretary, do it with all your heart. Be the best French clubber that there is. 
That sounds weird. Not clubbing in France. Never mind. <laughs> Don't do that. If you're an athlete, if you're an athlete, give it, give it your best. Lead. 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 Serve strong. Be, don't be a slug. Don't be weak. Lead your campus. A couple more. Number four. And I'm just telling you, this is what we're shooting for. We want to challenge you. I want to challenge every single one of you. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I don't care how tall or how short you are. Look at me. I don't have glasses, no glasses. Can't see, can't see, whatever. Look at me. This year, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. 20% of you may do this. If you will lead a weekly prayer meeting on your campus, there will be God movement. It may not feel epic and big, but you, there will be a move of God that there will not be if you choose not to lead a prayer movement on your campus. Every time we call out to God, he hears it and he works on behalf of those who cry out to him. If you will lead a weekly prayer meeting, I'm talking even if it's just you at that same poll every week and that girl that has a crush on you and that's why she shows up. <laughs> I have a friend like that. That didn't happen to me. Anyway. <laughs> if you'll do that, you will see a move of God. It could be five and it could be 50 and it could be two. It could be three, but you will have stories of God's activity. And I want to challenge you. We're going to equip you. We're going to help you. Stefan wrote a packet. We'll get that to you on, that, on how to lead a prayer movement on your campus. But I'm begging you. I'm begging you. I'm telling you in my days, ninth grade, I saw a move of God. 10th grade, I saw God do stuff. 11th grade, saw God do stuff. 12th grade, and that it was, we did a daily prayer meeting, crying out to God. And you can't help but go, God's up to something. Some kids got ticked, some kids got saved, but you had to deal with it. <laughs> I got so many stories from high school, it's crazy. Stories of suddenly the front page of the paper, you know, God in high school, church and state. We created, we picked more fights. It was awesome. I got sent to the principal's office. We were on a first name basis. And he'd wink at me and go, I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you. I'm telling you, friends. If you lead a prayer meeting, could be weekly, could be daily, could even be monthly. If you, I'm talking you. I'm not talking about waiting for your friend. You say, I'm going to lead it. You go find the teacher that's going to help you do it. Find the room, pick the spot. Is it the cafeteria? Make a plan. For us, we made a plan. In ninth grade, it was the wood shop teacher guy. In 10th grade, it was the sophomore English lady, woman. <laughs> then we got bigger. We got the drama club area. Masks made prayer meetings amazing. had a plan went into it this is our plan if you just kind of float along and hope hey maybe somebody's going to do something god somehow is going to you know lean over the balcony of heaven we're going to see just no 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 make a plan all right i believe that jesus said in the sermon on the mount 
that if I'll ask and if I'll seek and if I'll knock, God, I'll do stuff. So I'm going to do stuff. (laughs) And then it's sovereign things. I feel like we're still walking it. We're still doing prayer meetings over here. We're seeing God just do stuff. How on earth, how on earth does God send one of the best youth pastors in the country, John McDonald, to us? I think it's because we cried out in prayer. How does God send Corey Asbury here, huh? One of the top worship leaders in America to DSM. I'll tell you how. We've been crying out to God for a move of God. And little sovereign miracles start to just happen. I'm telling you, you watch. If you'll pray. You don't have to have a stagnant senior year. Ask Zach Dillon. Was it the epic revival? I don't know. We'll never know. Until heaven. And then one day we'll go, holy cabooses. Look at that. Senior year. Zach Dillon, God did that and that and that and that kid impacted that. And this little move of God that took place in a different nation had its roots back there in 2012 with a redhead muscular kid that wouldn't give up on God. So we'll have those for you. We'll bring those in future weeks. Last one is this. I want to challenge you to connect in our discipleship groups. Straight up. When I'm in relationship with other brothers that are calling me to Jesus, I do better. When I'm solitary on my own in isolation, I get weaker. But if, I'm, if John and I are talking and he's saying, David, I'm, well, just today, he's showing me books that he's reading. And inside I'm going, oh, I should be reading that. Right? When you have relationship with other people that are going after God... The nature of friendship and relationship, you'll get stronger in the Lord. That's why we have these discipleship groups. We want to help each one of you be stronger. So you have this environment where we come before Jesus. We sing songs. We look to heaven. We go, Father, where I belong. Father, where I belong. We sing these songs. We listen to either John come up here and, you know, yell at you like a coach. Or I come up here and scream at you like an Oompa Loompa. Either way. <laughs> that got way too big of a laugh. Either way, we gather together, and then we get in these small groups, these discipleship groups. We press together for the kingdom of God. We talk to each other. We challenge each other. We pray for each other. We read the scriptures together. And groups of five, six, or seven, three maybe, smaller groups where we huddle together and we go, man, this is what God's doing in my school. This is what God's doing in my school. This is the scripture that I've been memorized. This This is what the Lord's been speaking to me. This is what the Lord's been speaking to me. I haven't been talking to God. Oh, you should be. Oh, thank you for telling me. Oh, I love you. Bless you. Thank you. Okay, good. Now let's go. Hey, you know, I I haven't been strong this week. I haven't spent time with God. Hey, I got to be honest with you. I don't feel like I've been walking in pure this week. You better walk in pure or I'm going to beat your face up. Sweet. Okay, thank you. Whatever it takes to help each other. But together, we're stronger. Separated, we're weaker. And so we're going to press these discipleship groups. You're going to love them and you're going to hate them because they're going to be wonderful because they're going to take you deeper. But they're going to rip your flesh off. Not like your literal flesh, but your, your sinly flesh. You know, and that's why we're doing. Okay, stand your feet. Let's pray together. All right, if you're going to lead a movement on your campus, if you choose, I'm going to lead a movement on my campus. I am a movement. I'm going to be a part of a discipleship group. If that's you, I want you to run to the front. Don't wait for the person next to you. I want to pray for you. I just want to pray for you. You're like, I am movement. I'm going to be a part of a discipleship group.
Father, we ask, Lord, for movements across this city. We ask, Holy Spirit, that we would see a move of God. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would empower us, God. Not by our own might, our own strength. Your power, but we will have resolution, God. Resolved to follow you with all that we have. Resolved to pray. Resolved to be disciples of Jesus. We pray for movements. I pray for a movement, Lord God. Pine Creek High School. Pray for a movement. Discovery Canyon. Lord Jesus, I lift up the high schools in this city. And in Jesus' name, we ask that you, Lord God, would do far more than we could ever dream up. Spirit of God, come. Fiery God, set our hearts on fire. Session on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God, and they've got a vision and a mission for their life. 